Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Amen, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you. Uh, if you're new here, my name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors here. Just want to welcome you. Thank you for worshiping with us, as well as our Crookston family out there in Crookston, Minnesota. Thank you for being there and worshiping the Lord, as well as, well as our online family tuning in from across the state, across the nation, maybe even across the world. If you are not in America tuning in, I'd just love you to let us know. We'd love to, to hear from you. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be awesome. Well, if you've been with us for the last couple weeks, you know we've been in a sermon series called Full Strength. We started it uh, about a month ago, and we've been walking through the, the chapter 1 Corinthians 12, and uh, when we started it, the first message was all about hearing God's voice that we have been brought from mute idols into a speaking God, a relationship with the God who actually answers us and communicates with us. And I hope that that was true for you this morning as we worship. The second week was all about understanding the mission of God, how the Holy Spirit doesn't operate independently from the Son or the Father, but there's a mission to build God's kingdom. There's an assignment that Jesus gives to us to love on people, and then there's spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit that are like the equipment to fulfill those assignments. It all works together. The next sermon uh, was all about the different spiritual gifts. It can be divided in two major categories, what God wants said and what God wants done. And so if you're open to either of those two things, you're open to the vast array of spiritual gifts. Last week, Pastor David uh, talked to us about uh, spiritual gifts as well and how we aren't to devalue or to ignore the gift that God has given us, but to use it to exercise it, to step out in faith and use it. I thought that was a, just a great word. If you missed last week, really encourage you to check out his, his message on our website. Uh, so before we get into the next uh, section in 1 Corinthians 12, I wanted to, to revisit a, a scripture that I used in the first, first week, the kickoff, and that's 2 Corinthians 5.20, uh, a very important verse for our Chi Alpha ministry friends, Amen. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So think about God's plan is to make his appeal or make his invitation to do his work through his people. So we are like God's ambassadors or representatives. We represent God and what he wants said or done and to love on people and do the ministry through us. God making his appeal through me. And through you, each and every one of you. And so the, the kind of the tagline, the overarching thought in our series is that we are at full strength as a church. We're looking at us as a church as a whole here in Grand Forks and in Crookston. We are at full strength when we all help to represent God. When we all receive and submit to our assignments to represent God in different ways, being Christ's ambassador. So we are at full strength when we all are helping to represent God. And so today we're going to talk more about that idea of all of us representing God in a variety of different ways. So if you have access to God's Word, why don't you open it, turn, turn it on, whatever you need to do with it, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll keep going in our, in our chapter here where Pastor David left off last week. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 21. 
and we'll read through 26. It'll be on your screen as well. There it is. Look at that. Right on cue. And if you don't have access to God's Word, you hear this say this a lot, but there are free Bibles in the back we'd love for you to take home for yourself or a friend. Here we go. It says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So this is a wonderful passage of Scripture, and I want to return to verses 21 and 22. It says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And so what he's talking about here isn't necessarily like our physical bodies, but how we as the church are composed kind of like a physical body with different body parts, which have different functions. And he's saying not, no function of your body can really tell the other part that they're unneeded because every part has a part to play, is indispensable, the Bible says. And so specifically like hands and eyes was referring to as a different spiritual gifts that God puts on people to do his work. They may be different from you, but they have a part to play. It says we shouldn't say to another body part, another person who operates in a certain way, we can't say we don't need you. And what I love about this is because each part of the body doesn't just fulfill a function, but it's actually a specific representation of God. And if you deny or downplay or diminish a part of the body, you're actually diminishing God. Directly. Look back to verse 4 we covered a couple weeks ago. It says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And so every spiritual gift is really a demonstration of the Holy Spirit, of God Himself. It's not just fulfilling a function or doing a job, it's actually traced back to God Himself. So if we downplay or diminish one spiritual gift or one part of the body, we're actually diminishing a part of God himself. Each person who's operating in their spiritual gift is representing a part of God that wouldn't be represented if they weren't doing it, if they weren't operating in that way. And so then, in a couple of verses later in our passage, it says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, because the eye needs the hand to represent who God is, not just an unbalanced, one-sided version of God, but the whole package of who God is. And what I love about this is it shows the difference between being recognized and being represented. Because guess what? You can recognize somebody without a foot. You can recognize who they are. You can actually recognize somebody with very little I mean, there could be, you can have, without an eye, you can represent somebody or recognize somebody. You can recognize somebody without a hand or a foot. If they're bald, if they have hair, you can recognize somebody with very little. But you can't be represented without everything together. I think you understand this dynamic if you've ever 
taking school pictures. Anybody taking school pictures? That's a, a real show of hands. Come on, this is a safe place. Who's taking school pictures in this place? Okay. So I, I can think through my, uh, my schooling years, and, and I can think, I can point to one that I, school picture that I think was a really good one. A really good school picture. All the other ones, I could take or leave. And so you know, when I say I've taken one really good school picture, you know I don't mean I couldn't be recognized in all the other ones, <laughs> right? I mean, every school picture I've ever taken, and you as well, you could be recognized. I know who that is. But that's not the goal of school pictures, is it? <laughs> the goal isn't to be recognized or identified. The goal is to be represented well, right? You want every part of that picture to represent who you are and your, and your best characteristics. In order for that to happen, a lot of things have to happen. <laughs> and in my one good school picture... I looked at that, my hair, was, my hair was good. It felt good. It wasn't doing its normal weird thing, but it felt good. And my smile was balanced. It wasn't asymmetrical like it sometimes is. And my shirt was laying good, and it was a good shirt. You know, I liked that shirt. And all, all sorts of things. The lighting was good, and there was nothing in my teeth. You know, I was looking at the camera. <laughs> my teeth grew in, so that was good. <laughs> all sorts of things to make a good representation of what I thought was good. And you can understand the pressure when we all go through school pictures because that picture is what you get passed around, right? That picture goes on the fridge. That you give that picture to your friends. That's the picture that marks you the whole year. Doesn't matter what you look like the rest of the, of the days of the year. You could look all put together the rest of the year. But if you take a bad school picture, you're marked. You just got to wait for the next one. <laughs> And so I think when we gather together like this here in Crookston, wherever you're at, when we gather together, it's kind of like a snapshot. When we're out in the community, it's the same way. It's like, it's like a school picture for God. And I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't just want to be recognized. He wants to be represented. Yeah. All of his personhood, all of his characteristics, he wants to be represented. Because when we come together, it's like a snapshot, a picture of who God is to us, but also to the community, to the world. You know, it's actually pretty easy for God to be recognized. If you come, if we just put the word church on our gatherings, most people can recognize Jesus in that. That's a Christian thing. So it's not hard to to have God be recognized. You just got to come to a thing called a church. And most people link that to Jesus, to Christianity. You know, we don't call ourselves a synagogue. We don't call ourselves a mosque. We don't call ourselves a club. So it's easy, fairly, relatively. But God doesn't just want that. He doesn't just want to be recognized in your life. He doesn't just want your Facebook or your social media to say Christian or to check a certain box that says you are to recognize who the God is over your life. He wants to be represented through you. He wants to be known through you so that the snapshot that people get from you and from us is a proper representation of who he is, what he's like, how he serves, how he loves, his power, his intervention, his generosity, all of these things to be represented. And you and I are the same way. We don't want a bad school picture to be floating around. You know, we don't want a bad driver's license picture. You know, how many would you, 
maybe I won't make you raise your hand, but how many of you say right now your driver's license picture is just a good picture of you? You know, how many of you would, would like that? You know, passport picture is a little different. It is kind of just to recognize who you are. <laughs> but we all want to be represented well. And God's the same way. And just like a picture, it takes a whole bunch of different things to, to be properly represented. And for us, too, if there's a part of the body or a ministry that is lacking or suffering, that affects how God feels like he's being represented. And the gifts of the Spirit do that. They represent different things about God. And so I thought it was, it'd, be, it'd be helpful just to kind of, in my own exercise, in my own mind, for my own study... Just to kind of go through the different, some of the different gifts that we've mentioned in previous weeks. You know, we've talked about different gifts of the Spirit, but to think about each of those and how, what it does communicate about who God is. And so I won't necessarily point to the scriptures that bring it up here, but 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 are pretty big ones where we get these spiritual gifts. But, but think about the gift of leadership. You know, that obviously fulfills a function a task, but it communicates something that God, is, God has authority. You know, God has authority to govern things and people the way he wants them to go with practical, strategic plans that move people forward. If you have a gift of leadership, you're probably good at that. Systems and moving people forward and, and governing certain things, that is a part of God that he wants people to know about, that he's in charge. Another gift is the gift of giving or generosity. As Pastor David talked about last week, it's not the gift of tithing. You know what? We're all called to do that and to be generous in certain ways. But over and above, generosity, lavish giving. And think about what that communicates about God. God is a leader. He's practical. He's strategic. He's authority. But he's also a lavish giver, sometimes impractically. You know what I'm saying? Just impractical, lavish giver. And if we have people in our body that do that, well, we see a part of God that another gift wouldn't show. Just that, I don't want to say impulsive, like God isn't in control of his own self, but it's just that lavish giving just to bless people. Also gifts, words of wisdom. How about God's specific insight into your life, into mine, through another person to bring you from here to there, Right? The wisdom in your life, maybe to expose certain things, that can actually help bring you from here to there. Words of wisdom, insight, that just cut to the heart. Now, match that with another one. How about acts of mercy? Well, I would say acts of mercy is the ability to compassionately love someone right where they're at. And to serve and to love them where they're at in a merciful way. Don't those two both show the sides of God? An ability to love you where you're at, but also the wisdom to take you from here to there? Aren't that, isn't that an awesome combination? Now, I don't know if one of us can do all of that well. It takes a variety of, of giftings to be able to do that for people. How about serving? Just serving God's boots on the ground, presence, and energy in us just to do what needs to get done. That there's a role and responsibility on us to do the work of the ministry and serving in a variety of ways, we have a lot of opportunities to serve, gets that done. The energy, the boots on the ground, energy to do what needs to be done. What's in our court to do. Now match that with the gift of faith. A supernatural confidence that God is working on our behalf for a certain direction or a certain outcome. 
Aren't those two things awesome to put together? That we have a role to play and God's spirit energizes us to do our role. But there's also things that only God can do. And people standing in faith say, God is working on our behalf in this way. And there's nothing we can do except for standing in faith and seeing God work. Those are awesome to put together. Because it shows two facets of God that one can't show on its own. Okay, how about this one? Real talk here. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But speaking in tongues is part of that. And what, what do we see in God? What, is, what a part of God is represented in a body that has people speak in tongues that wouldn't if they, if they didn't? I don't know if I have the definitive answer on this, but my thoughts on that was that God can't be put in a box. You know that? We can't put God in a box. And God operates in a way that our minds can't always comprehend. And I believe the gift of speaking in tongues helps to reinforce that. For people, for me. You know, later in our, in our passage, it talks about our parts of our body that require more modesty. You know, I think that's probably one of those kind of gifts that we want to display that here at Freedom Church like we would display other people operating gifts. It takes a little bit more care to present that, a little bit more care to kind of set the table and explain what we're doing, what's going on, and what part of the service is best used for that. So there's a little bit more care for different gifts of the, of the Spirit. I think speaking in tongues is one of them. But nonetheless, you can't say, I don't need that. I think we do. To see a part of God. How about these two? Prophecy and teaching. Prophecy is, is being led by the Spirit to speak to somebody in a specific way what's on God's heart for them, what's on God's mind for them. Being led by the Spirit to have a specific uh, word or encouragement or something that just meets them where they're at. And you might not know even how that, how that works, why that's encouraging, or how that fits. Very much led by the Spirit to, to isolate that for that specific person or situation. Now, counter that with teaching. Teaching really takes the universal truths of God that don't change. That kind of apply to pretty much all of us, largely taken from the Bible. And how... There, they show different things about God. How one, one of them is God cares about you specifically. He's in your life. He didn't write about your life in the Bible, but he cares about your life. He can speak to you specifically about what's going on. Contra that, the eternal, timeless truth of God. That doesn't change. That applies to everybody, largely taken from the Word of God. Have those two sides of God represented through people who operate in prophecy and operate in teaching. I think that's important. It's important for a body, for people to operate in the leading of the Spirit and also the direction of the Word. You know, it's funny, these last two, prophecy and teaching, I think are very different. I'm guessing different kinds of people operate in those different ways. But it, we actually, if you look into the book of Acts, it talks about a church that had both of those operating. And I think that's a beautiful picture of God being represented. So if you want to turn quickly to Acts chapter 13, it'll be on your screen as well. But we're going to look at just a snapshot of a church that I think had a good grasp of, of the diversity that God wants shown in a church. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3 we'll look at. It says, Now there in the, in the church at Antioch, Prophets and teachers. 
So notice that. There's the connection. There's in this church prophets and teachers. And they list them. They list them. Barnabas, uh, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean. If you're looking for any good baby names, it's chock full right here. Take notes. A lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And get this. While they were worshiping this church, while they were worshiping the Lord, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So this is the same Saul that was called Paul that wrote the majority of the New Testament. This is like his commissioning. And he's in a service, a church service, with both prophets and teachers. And does it say, through whom did the Holy Spirit speak? No. It says the Holy Spirit spoke. And there happened to be prophets and teachers there. So you know what I'm inferring is that it took both to really capture what God was saying and what he wanted done. It says, the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Did that come through a prophet? Maybe. Someone operating in prophecy to a specific situation and person? Could be. And then they, they fasted and laid their hands on them and prayed and sent them off. How did they know how to do that? Were there teachers that kind of outlined how we should do this and brought back some principles from the Bible, the Old Testament, of how God wants us to operate? They just didn't run out the door. But it took both of them to really understand what God was saying and what to do to commission, I would say, the most successful missionary endeavor in the recorded history, the commission of Barnabas and Saul and or Paul. And I love that. I love that. Because it does take different gifts, different kinds of people to really understand what God is, is trying to do. A church full of teachers, I don't think would have been able to do it. A church just full of prophets, I don't think would have been able to do it. But I think the church that had both prophets and teachers represented, followed, and successfully fulfilled what God wanted done, and it paid off in a big way, very big way. And you know, in the same way, us, us being in church is committing to stay in community with people that are operating in different ways than we are, but still in biblical ways. You know what I'm saying? It's still in biblical ways. And the Bible has a lot, a lot to say about the differences that we can approach the Christian life. It tells us who to stay away from, too. But being a part of a church is all about committing to being part of a community of people that operate in such different ways, but all in biblical ways. And we see the different gifts of the Spirit, not just, like I said, to fulfill tasks, that's a big thing, but to represent a part of God. It's the Holy Spirit doing it. And I want to see God. I want to know God. I want to see the fullness of the Holy Spirit represented in our midst to give an accurate snapshot of who God is and be at full strength. So if we look back to our passage in 1 Corinthians 12, the last verse we looked at, verse 26, said, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. You know, that wouldn't be true if the goal was just to elevate our own ministry. That wouldn't be true if the goal was just to have God recognized or identified. But the goal is true. That is true if the goal is 
to represent God. If one ministry, I would say, if one ministry in our church is suffering, then we all suffer together because we're trying to bolster what God looks like in that area. And if we all are winning, if we're all succeeding, then we all rejoice together. And I believe that. You know, I really believe that, that we need you to do the work here. We need each and every one of you to, to do the work here, to represent a part of God that God is putting on your heart, on your life. So when people see you operating at Freedom Church or in the community, they see something about God that I can't represent, that Pastor Nathan and Mary can't represent, that Pastor Mariah or any of the pastoral staff, Pastor Joel can't represent. But when they see you, they would see something about God. It wouldn't be the full picture, but we're all together is a fuller picture of who God is. And so there's where this card comes in. You have this on your, on your seats, an announcement was made about it. So I encourage you, why don't you take it out again? You know, to me, this, is, this card is more than just, oh, they need volunteers. It's really more than that. To me, it's, it's each and every one of these ministries, these opportunities, to have people committed to representing God in these areas is a better picture of who God is than if we just had sermon and worship every week. And so what I encourage you to do with this card is even before you leave church, if you're watching online, we have actually a link in the description on Facebook and YouTube that you can click to find a digital copy of this. You can also go to our website. Uh, at the homepage, there's like a little drop-down announcement bar that'll have a link to this. But before you're done watching, before you leave, I'd encourage you to, f- to check something on here. Maybe you're already serving in an active way. This isn't any pressure to do more. If that's you, you're serving and you're involved, then you can just put this aside. You're doing what we think is best. But if you feel God is stirring, like, man, I think there's something here. I think there's something that God wants me to step into. I really encourage you to, to fill this out before you leave today. And if you don't, obviously we'll receive it any time. But, but really, while God is speaking, while God is burdening your heart, to fill this out. And so what this is, the different ministries that we have at the church, uh, we've broken up into Sunday teams on the one side that obviously are largely Sunday morning related, and then more teams that can happen throughout the, throughout the week uh, for any special events or random things. And so take this out now. And even while I'm talking, I won't feel offended if you ignore me for a little bit and fill this out, but just some information about you and, and check a box. What would you be interested in, in helping with? You know, maybe you, you're interested in serving. A lot of these are just are serving, whether it's camera, slides, coffee, greeters, ushering, setup, teardown, a lot more. Just boots on the ground, God working to get the work done here. Maybe it's acts of mercy that you love. That meal train ministry could be your thing. Bringing meals to people that are, you know, just had a newborn baby or going through a tough thing. You know, that's, that's an amazing, compassionate uh, gift for them. Maybe it's administration. Then you could check administration. That one's a pretty easy one. Uh, maybe it's words of wisdom you like to operate in. The youth group, Right? <laughs> We all could use some words of wisdom in our younger years, and maybe that's where the Lord wants you. Maybe your heart is to teach, and to, to teach what God has put on your heart. That could be a connect group leader. Or, maybe to think of this, helping in Freedom Kids in the elementary room on third floor. People to communicate God's truth to the next generation. You know, I actually had, a, had Hannah, who's been working in the Freedom Kids, 
send me some testimonies about what goes on on third floor. Look how many there are. Testimonies of what God's doing with our Freedom Kids, as well as Freedom Kids there in Crookston. I just wanted to, to cover a couple things. In August, Freedom Kids had a uh, response for, for kids who felt a stir that God wants them on the mission field. How awesome is that? And one of the, 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 the students, one of the kids that they had a, an eye on responded to that. And eight other kids followed up. So God is putting burdens on other nations for the gospel in our church, in our kids. Isn't that awesome? On Sunday, we had a salvation call in church and involved drawing what they thought their next step with God was. As I walked around, I saw a good number of kids saying that they wanted to give their life to Jesus for the first time. Amen. Do you have a gift of evangelism? Freedom Kids might be your spot. We prayed together, then celebrated like crazy. Yeah. I love this one. This is actually from a leader in Freedom Kids. They said this. Kids ask a lot of questions. Amen. Which is hard, but it makes you really think about what you believe and why you believe it. Kids ministry is a great area to grow in your faith and also make an eternal difference in the life of kids. They don't need teachers who know it all. They need people who will listen to them and explore with them to find the answers. They need somebody who will love them unconditionally and get this and show them Jesus. They just need people to show them Jesus. That's what anybody needs. Any ministry on this card is just showing them Jesus, representing God to people. And that's awesome. So I'll invite the band to come forward at this time as we close out the message as well. The band in Crookston, you guys can come up. And so as God puts on your heart, I encourage you to fill us out. And after the service, both here and in Crookston, we'll have people, ushers in the back with little buckets and that you can drop it in. You can drop it in the bucket. And I will say just because you check it doesn't automatically mean you'll be in it. We'll ha- we have a process for every ministry, but we'll reach out to you in about a week or so after we compile all of the things and just to, to see how God is moving us forward toward full strength. And so, Crookston, you can head your own way at this time and close out the service. Uh, but for us, I've asked the band if they would just play their, their closing song, and we'll just, they're just going to play the instrumental. So they're just going to play the music because I really want us to take time on what God is saying. What is God moving in your heart, in your life uh, to serve or to be a part of this church and to use your gifts to represent who God is? Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.